Shot is no good. The rebound tapped back outside. The cannon drives the lane. Blocked by Wolf. Rebound Pennsylvania. Dave Wall. The Bilski's Leon to the wall in the middle. Up and good. Leon too fast. Greg executed to perfection. Here comes Fields the other way for a foul. Gets to the foul line. Blocked from behind by Wall. Wolf with the rebound. No good. Rebound. Bob Wolf. Pennsylvania. Hot left pass to Bilski. Take the center run again. Bilski has Calhoun and Wolf all the way underneath. To be no good. Hello and welcome back to the Penalty Box. I'm Sam Mitchell here as always, although not always because he was abroad, but welcome back, Mark Margolis. I'm back, let's run it back. <laughs> so the Penalty Box is back this semester, um, as we have been for several semesters now. Mark is back from the UK. Indeed so I am. Welcome back, Mark. Carter, sadly, uh, graduated and has left us for the, uh, the real world. He's in investment banking. We, we miss him. Uh, hope he's doing well. I'm sure he's very busy these days. That's right. He's uh, working hard as far as we know, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get him to call in at some point and give some, give some golf takes or something. <laughs> but, but for now, it's just going to be Mark and I um, you know, with, with a rotating cast of guests like, like we have done in the past. Um, yeah, so, so Mark, how was, how was the UK? How was Europe? Did you, you know, do anything related to Penn Sports that you can you know, update us on? Oh, um, well, I'm so happy uh, you asked, Sam, <laughs> because, in fact, myself, Yossi Weitzman, a uh, senior sports reporter like myself, and another one of our classmates at Penn traveled to the middle of nowhere, Germany, to watch former Penn legend Darnell Foreman in action for FC Paderborn, which is a German Division II team. Um, we were proud to say that his team won. They finished, I think, in the top half of their league. Um, the game didn't have a lot riding on in terms of standings, but Darnell looked great, uh, really commanding the offense. And in all honesty, he looked even better in Germany than he did at Penn, not to take away from what he did as a Quaker, but uh, that was certainly quite the experience. We also got uh, drinks with Darnell after the game, so that's something I'm sure details we can share more uh, off the record. Yeah, great. Um, and I mean, p- people will remember Darnell was uh, a f- four-year player on Penn basketball. Was the the starting point guard uh, his last two seasons, I believe. Um, most it, most of the last two seasons. Yeah, and it is an an all-time great um, Penn player, and, and was part of a, a great run with the team. So it's cool to see him, you know, making making some headway in the pros. Not not the NBA, but you know, it's it's cool to be out he, here getting paid to play basketball. He did know? spend time in the D League. Okay. With the, or the G League now with in ten days in a training camp. He talked to us a little bit about that. Um he did turn to me at one point and said, All this is off the record <laughs> So I will not divulge too many details, but yeah. that is public record that he was in the G in the G League for a little bit. Um certainly had some cool stories in that, but yeah. We should probably uh, get on the way to some more uh, pertinent stuff in Penn Athletics these days. Definitely. And there's a lot of pertinent stuff you know, going on in Penn Athletics. The, the season's just sort of getting underway, but um, this very weekend we've got the first football game of the season coming up. Should be a good one. Should be a good one. We have a ranked number 20 Delaware in the FCS. Um, certainly the game all the pundits are keeping their eyes on. Um, and so... Uh, Probably the biggest news going into this game, I'd have to say, is at the game's most important position, quarterback. Um, I think finally we have Nick Robinson under center. Uh, So Sam, I guess, do you have any thoughts on uh, Nick Robinson's promotion? Well, you know, this is something that we've talked about sort of of back and forth a lot over the past year. 
um, just because, you know, we were all waiting as, as fans of the Quakers and, and football fans in general. We were, you know, Nick Robinson is a guy with a lot of talent. He's been arguably the best player on this team, the, the best quarterback on this team for, for two years already now. Right. And, uh, and he hasn't been a consistent starter, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like he should be going into his third year as the starter, sort of the post-Torgerson. It was, he started with Fisher, Fisher Colbury. He had his struggles. We weren't sure exactly why Robinson wasn't playing. We figured as the most experienced backup, he'd get the starting job last season. He battled some injury issues, but never really found his footing in terms of actually getting into the lineup. So I'm personally very excited to finally see him with down of the with the first team offense as the proclaimed starter. I th- I'm expecting a lot of big things. He'll definitely be the key to Penn, whether they're going to be a middling Ivy team or a team that's going to compete for an Ivy championship. And we'll certainly find out a lot about that on uh, on Saturday. Definitely. And I think, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about a, a college team that's, you know, bid through some some rocky ro- ro- rocky last couple of seasons, particularly after losing Torgerson and then the next season losing Justin Watson, who's um, you know still playing in the NFL and, and having having a good career, uh, it, it it seems. Up well, he's there. on a roster at least. <laughs> I, I mean, for 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 an Ivy League player, particularly right. a wide receiver, being on an NFL roster for more than one season that's a successful career. I mean, I I, I completely <laughs> agree. I mean, and and he's seeing snaps. You know, in in a uh, in Tampa Bay, they're maybe not the best team in the league, but you know they, they've got a decent wide receiving core, and he's you know. Get, well, get they're better than the time. Dolphins, so there's that. That's definitely true. They, they're, they're not the worst team in Florida. That's, you know, <laughs> that's uh, something to write home about at least. And, and of course, we're going to keep following JWAP. But, um, but you know, with, with, the, with the difficulties this team has sort of been through, um, you know, so kind of go, going up and down with, and, and, and with having such high expectations, particularly, um, you know, be, being such a winning team um, in, in the last decade or two, I think you, you can't undervalue the extent to which having that confidence right from the get-go is gonna gonna kind of bolster Nick Robinson because we've only seen him you know like like you said he's not necessarily been playing with the full first team offense we've seen him you know coming in as a backup we've seen him trying to play injured we've seen him with this quarterback controversy kind of not having the full faith of his coach and, and his team necessarily but uh, we're gonna be seeing a different Nick Robinson now and and uh, you know the question is gonna become he has the faith of his coach and his team like is he the leader that can step up and take a team that's not predicted to do particularly well and and make them overperform right well to sort of push back i sort of hope we see more of the same if anything we've seen such a small sample size but in that you know three touchdowns zero picks probably nearly 70 percent of his passes now i don't expect him to throw zero interceptions (laughs) on the season i don't expect him to complete 70 percent of his passes but what i do expect is to see him is to for penn for the first time since the Torgerson days to sort of have a top two or three quarterback in the Ivy League. I mean, this is a guy who was good enough to walk on at Georgia, which some might argue is a better program than Penn. <laughs> I might push back, but jokes aside, I think Nick Robinson uh, is definitely poised to have a very strong year. But even with that, uh, you know, there's some uncertainty around the offensive line. They have three starters coming back, but you're replacing two positions. So, you know, we've seen in throughout football, I mean, we saw an, a crappy offensive line ruin Andrew Luck. We've seen it ruin a number of quarterbacks. So um, going, looking at looking at it at the Ivy League level, you know, Nick Robinson's definitely going to need uh, the two guys slotting in at the offensive line to definitely uh, protect his blind side. Definitely. And, 
And, you know, especially starting off with, with such a tough non-conference game uh, against Delaware, uh, it's going to be important to, to kind of keep that confidence up. And in and, and, and particular, like you said, with, with offensive line, you know, he's I, – I hope they're, they're able to provide adequate protection. That's obviously essential. But, but he, he might, you know, get some hits and, 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 and some sacks in this coming game. I, I don't know what, what Delaware's rushers are like, but, but I'd imagine on a, the number 20-ranked team in the FCS, they're pretty good. Right. I mean, Delaware Delaware's one of those programs. I mean, no one's – obviously, they're in the FCS. They're not this perennial power. But, I mean, they sent – they've certainly sent – a handful of guys to the NFL. They're sort of a, they're a team that certainly has a lot of talent year in and year out, certainly more so than typical Ivy opponent. And what I sort of love about having these non-Ivy games to start, because we don't compete for an FCS championship, we have an opportunity to experiment and just kind of play different formations, uh, different personnel, and sort of see what works. In a re- I mean, it'd be great to beat the number 20 team in the nation, but... For all intents and purposes, this game doesn't matter for Penn's end goal. So um, one thing, one point. Although I am ecstatic to see Nick Robinson starting, the point I made last year when Glover played the whole game, and we didn't see any Nick Robinson. I felt like that wasn't very strategic or smart on Priori's part. So in this game, I wouldn't even mind seeing Glover for a series or two because this was an open quarterback competition. And although we've seen Robinson a small sample size. Even one game against Delaware might not necessarily solidify the starting job um, in my book, just because um, I definitely want to see it over a larger sample size. Definitely, and, and I think that's that's true. You know, anytime there's not a huge uh, talent gulf, but between your quarterbacks, you know, like the this this is a, a team particularly where like the defense is going to be really important. The, the run game, uh, which, which should be strong this year, and we're, we're going to talk about in a minute, um, you know, is going to be really important. So, uh, you know, you can you ha- you have the flexibility to play quarterback by committee a little bit because it's understood that like that we're not going to like 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 uh, win or lose just based off of the play of the quarterback. That there's a lot of elements to this team. Right. It's more we just have the safety net of a game that essentially doesn't matter towards right. their Ivy League hopes. Delaware's not an Ivy League opponent. Obviously, so um, I would like to see both quarterbacks. I think, as we've seen over the course of the past, feels like forever that Nick Robinson's always sort of been the most talented quarterback on the roster, but for whatever reason hasn't really had his moment to be the guy. But with that being said, I wouldn't mind seeing Glover. He also provides that extra threat with his legs that Robinson doesn't to the same extent. I would even argue Glover might even be the more talent, at least he could arguably the more talented quarterback because Robinson's numbers and his production have just far exceeded both Glover and Colbury in a sample size the past two years. Right, and, and it's it's a great point that you keep bringing up that, that you can't really, um, you, you can't know too much about Nick Robinson now because we just haven't seen him that much. And so, you know, there's clearly been doubts in uh, Coach Priori's mind. Uh, otherwise, you know, if if it was just what we've all seen, which is Nick playing so well, right. you'd expect him to have already started. And the fact that he hasn't is, uh, you know, evidence that there there are at least some doubts there. And uh, ho- hopefully, we we don't find out what they are right. because he comes out and he looks great. But it's possible that those are going to resurface. There, you know, there's something something like right. There's clearly been a reason yeah. why he hasn't run away with the job. And yeah, I hopefully you know. Maybe Priori just grossly miscalculated for the past two years, but maybe, I guess worst case scenario, we see something where we 
don't know where you know he shows kind of why he hasn't been able to run away with it right but i mean i think even even given that possibility it's clearly the right move because like worst case scenario you know we see him struggle in the early non-conference games and it reverts back to what we've already seen which is ryan glover being the starting right. quarterback so worst case scenario is we're back where we already were you right know? you can only get better that's right um so let's let's switch to talk about the run game a little bit um i know you know, that this is, uh, especially since Justin Watson graduated, obviously the greatest wide receiver in Penn or Ivy League history. Right. Um, you know, this this is something that's been emphasized more and more um, over the past couple of years, but, um, or it's just, just one year, because it's just been one year since Jay Walker. But what, at, at any rate, this is something that's <laughs> going to continue to be emphasized. It feels like it. it's been forever. Yeah. Miss, miss the guy. Yeah, really. If, if he ever wants to circle back, I, I know he doesn't have any eligibility left, but. <laughs> if everyone wants to come on the pod, Jay Watt, this is an open invitation. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're probably not listening to this, but if you have a second, uh, Probably more than a second. If you have five minutes, you ever want to hop on the pod? Yeah, definitely invitation. call in. We're available uh, anytime. By available, I mean like we're like really available. Yeah, like we're we're flexible, Jay Watt. <laughs> we are very flexible. We will make it work. Especially, I mean, does does Tampa Bay come to Philly? You could come. We'll, we'll do a little. Oh, uh, we're not hanging out. There's no chance we're getting to hang out <laughs> with us. I'm I'm just hoping for like a five minute phone call. Be like. <laughs> Jay Watt. Honestly, just a text. We'll tweet it out. <laughs> if you want to just send me like a Snapchat, I guess we'll. I, I guess I'm more likely to. Maybe I could Facebook message him. Yeah. I don't know. When is it starting to get weird? What? To what length can we go to message Jay Watt to the point where like it gets weird? Jay Watt LinkedIn message the pod. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be one. I mean, I do follow him on Instagram, and there was one time I uh, DM'd him to tell him that I drafted him on my fantasy team. And I did not get any response back. Damn. However, I was not soliciting him to be on the podcast, which is obviously a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I'm sure he would jump at. Um, so to continue to belabor the point, Jay Watt, open invitation. We are available. I will make my schedule work. Class, My class time is not a barrier to you coming yeah. on the podcast. Every class is skippable in this context. Exactly. <laughs> Even ones that take attendance. That's right. Um, all right, so so anyway, <laughs> Mark, thoughts on the run game? Anyway, so yeah, on the run game, so obviously we have uh, an all-Ivy running back in Carrick and Brooks. Um, what we are going to see that's different this year is, one, uh, obviously Glover will not be as much of a part of the running game as the backup quarterback, so we won't see as much like dual threats um, or like read options. And Abe Willows, who served as like the change of pace third down receiving back, is now moving to wide receiver to combat a lot of the changes we're seeing on that front with um, with a lot of guys graduating. So we're really going to have Carrick and Brooks as the bell cow, which I'm really excited to see. He's, I mean, he's really burst onto the scene. How, it feels like forever ago in that Lehigh game where he had all those all-purpose yards. Must have been at least like 250, something crazy. So I'm certainly excited to see where we go with the running game. Um, it's going to be less of a committee approach and less of a run threat from the quarterback position, but I don't think we're going to like miss a beat in terms of the overall production. Definitely, and I, I think it'll be good, you know, with 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 Nick Robinson coming into the starting QB position to to have all these weapons, and and, and particularly, you know, it's it's interesting pe- people moving from um, running back to wide receiver. Uh, you know, y- y- you could end up with. Um, with with just like a, a lot more more stuff, you know, we we talked a lot last season about um, people filling in for that gaping hole of, of Justin Watson, and like um, you know that there were sort of sort of these different 
collections of talents with, with not one person taking all those yards. And, it, and it's going to be great to add that sort of, um, you know, the, the, the sort, of, sort of different talents that you have as a running back and add that to the wide receiver sort of core that Nick's going to have to work with. And, um, yeah, it, it should just be a, be a dynamic offense, especially if the line can hold and, and give him time in the pocket, which is going to be one of the big, big Right. I am a little worried also about, we're, you know, we're moving a lot of guys by we as in Ray Fiore. Right. I'm not on the coaching staff. I'm sure that's pretty obvious. But but long story short, I mean, we're moving a lot of guys to um, wide receiver position. Some of these guys haven't really played it as their primary position. It's definitely one that it's even more of a question mark now than it actually was, in my opinion, when Jay Watt left. Because replacing Jay Watt were guys that were actually college wide receivers. I mean, we're Penn's moving a running back, a defensive back, um, to slot in that wide receiver role. Their leading returning wide receiver used to play quarterback in Tyler Herrick. So I mean, there's a lot of question marks. Um, even no matter who the quarterback is, like who are the weapons he's throwing to? With Jay Watt, when Jay Watt left, we still had Steve Farrell, um, Christian Pearson. They were guys that had had a fair amount of success, even if they weren't the same magnitude as Jay Watt, obviously, being the greatest receiver ever and who's invited to come on the pod. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, there's certain – and – Obviously, a strong passing game clears up space around the line. Would probably open up more running game, more running lanes. I'm hoping you know if Carrick and Brooks is at starts averaging like six or seven yards a carry, which is you know it's obviously a very high mark, but something that we can see that we've seen at the college level. And I think with a strong passing game, that's something we could see. Um, you know, certainly with like a Torgerson level quarterback, you could see the running backs averaging a lot not only racking up a lot of yards, but racking them up efficiently just because they're not crowding the line because they respect the quarterback's, you know, long-distance threat. Definitely. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting to see. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to coaching. You know, we obviously have a lot of respect for, for Ray Priori on this, this program, even if we don't always agree with his decisions. But, uh, you know, getting those players to, to transition, to, you know, you obviously have guys that are, have a high football IQ and, right. and understand the game, but not necessarily the position. Um, at a, at a super high level and, and getting them, you know, uh, understanding what's going on. I mean, particularly people moving from defense to offense, just understanding the schemes and stuff like that. Right. Um, but in, in some ways, you know, you could, could end up with people with a really, really sort of, sort of new and, and interesting perspective on, and, and a, a better understanding maybe of the way they're going to be defended. I, I don't know. It, it, it could, could spell really good things, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to, to the way that I mean, Priori coaches them up. Right. It's. I mean, at this point, we're all. It's all questions, no answers. We'll have right. a better. And even after next week, we're not gonna have. We're gonna at least start to form some answers to our questions. Like, is Nick Robinson the guy? Can all these guys switching to receiver actually now play the position? Right. Um, and another question, I guess, is also with the defense. You're graduating an all IB linebacker, Nick Miller. Although I do think we do have a lot of guys who can fill in that spot. Sam Filippi's coming back after a season-ending injury last year to a very competitive, to a very crowded uh, defensive backfield. I, I was, yeah. I'm now plugging the football supplement that by the time you drop this podcast, it'll def- it, it'll be out, yeah, right, up online and in print um, on Thursday, which is the day that this podcast is going to go up. So right, yeah. so w- with this football supplement that I'm sure you all will be reading, I plugging my own article uh, broke down some of the positions and. I mean, Penn is returning all the 
With Filippi out, Penn is returning all four of the defensive backfield starters at safety and cornerback. Daikite um, was in contention for the Jerry Rice Award for the best freshman, although he's a corner. Um, you had Tate Dottie and uh, Jacob Martin had very strong seasons. And not, this is not to say that Sam Filippi isn't going to slot back into his starting role, but it's a very cr- crowded and talented uh, crowded defensive backfield. And even um, when I asked Ray, uh, Priori for two freshmen to watch out for, they were um, guys and also were corners and safeties. So yeah. the super talent. I mean, Penn is a super talented secondary, probably one of the more talented ones I've seen since I've been here. Just now I'm a senior, so this is my fourth go at Penn yeah. football. Um, so yeah, but honestly, I have in general less questions about the defense versus the offense. There's so many more moving parts and questions for how or how Penn is actually gonna replace or move forward with some of these moving parts. Definitely. And, and you know, they, these things obviously reinforce each other. So if, if this defense ends up being sort of as, as good as they look, you know, you end up with some, some good field positions, some, uh, you know, just, just, just situations that are going to help our offense, which, you know, may have may, may need some time to, to get their legs under them. Um, that, could, that could be a, a positive, obviously. Right. Um, so let's, let's real quick, before we sign off, um, uh, you know, fitting with our theme of having more questions than answers. We're not going to do hard-nosed player of the week this week because we just don't have enough data yet, but we're going to give some predictions, players to look out for that, that could be getting the award early in the season. Um, so, again, so it's kind of a popular theme for my hard-nosed player of the week. So I will base this off of no facts or real research. Um, a dear friend of mine, Alex Cades, is a freshman on the soccer team. And to be honest, I don't even know if he's going to play. I think he's going to come off the bench, but frankly, just shout out to my former high school soccer teammate. I taught him everything he knows, and he can't dispute that because he's not in the room, <laughs> and so I think he'll be hard-nosed player of the week. Awesome. Yeah, and no, I'm, uh, I'm also going soccer, but I'm going with uh, goalkeeper Kitty Q, um, obviously a, an all-time member of, of Penn Soccer coming back for her senior season, so not exactly a dark horse, but... Um, you know that that goalie position is so tough and, and so critical, and, uh, and and women's soccer, you know, has has been an up and down program, but but one that that's been able to get get strong results. And I just see her coming out and and giving a tough performance at, at some point early in the season. You know, once they once they really get started. But um, anyway, this has been the penalty box. Uh, big thanks to Mark Margolis again. Welcome back from being across the pond. I'm back. Yep, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you.